it can be a part of your life forever. There's no time limit. It's a beautiful thing to realize that you don't have to give this up. Hello and welcome to Dance Fans. I'm your host and who am I? I don't know today, but I'm here with Jackie Lasso. Jackie started dancing at five years old in tap, jazz and ballet. After working as a professional dancer, vocalist and director, Jackie moved to New York where she learned house, hip hop, whacking, vogue, light feet, popping, locking and hustle from the OGs. Jackie has been instrumental in bringing house, whacking and vogue to Australia and is a pioneer of our community. Please welcome Jackie Lasso. What do you reckon? It's Christmas soon. Yeah. <laughs> Question number two, are you afraid of dying? No. Nice. Simple. <laughs> not this, That's it. Not this year. Yeah, as in because my um, partner Rob died in February, I've been reading a lot about yeah. the afterlife and what happens and consciousness and yeah. produced by the mind or once we die. Sorry yeah. to dive so deep yeah no <laughs> so early. Go dive deep <laughs> but um yeah and so yeah I've been reading a lot about um that which there is like um a lot of what do you say neuroscientific research into it mm. and um from all the near-death experiences that I've heard a lot of a lot of testimonies even though it's anecdotal across time and cultures um, there seems to be some common threads. And actually my dad um, told me that he had one when he was younger. And the one thing you just hear all the time is how amazing it is, how beautiful yeah. it is. And so that's made me um, very curious. Yeah, okay. But it, it's also just comforting where you think, oh, well, yeah. it's that good. Were you quite spiritual before then? Yeah, yes, but not in a – I just – I feel things – you have, you know, your intuition, a third sense, no, sixth sense, sorry, about certain things. I think throughout it, everyone's life, definitely my life, like I've, you know, things have happened that make you feel or think that there's something beyond the physical. Yeah. Um, it tends to be more with people as well. So like, mm -hmm. for example, my ex-partner Rob, like even meeting him who was like yeah. a soulmate and feeling that recognition and all that yeah. stuff, oh. you, it makes you wonder whether it's you know, if it, if it is chance that we met, then that's very, we're yeah. very lucky, but then it does make you feel like, you know, how, how is it that I met you and I feel I know you? Yeah. Um, even when it comes to dance even, I think, and people have different outlets, but mm -hmm. I know and I'm sure there are a lot of people that we know that when we dance, like it, you, sometimes you do feel that you're connecting to something, yeah. you're plugging into something. You know, it's not like every time you dance, yeah. but there are those moments where you're like, yeah, there's just, yeah. it's unexplainable. Like you cannot put words to that feeling. Third question, and you can pass this, but I ask this to everyone. <laughs> Have you ever shat yourself? Uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say yes, especially because, you know, when we're, out of our mothers, when we're infants, we have no choice. Yeah, that's a really good answer. <laughs> no one has said that yet. It's a safe answer, right? Yeah, nah. Have you ever stolen something? Yeah. Can I put a little? You can You can add more. I was really young. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> can you speak another language? Yes. Yeah. Can you play a musical instrument? Um, I can play a bit of piano, but not well. Mm -hmm. Can you sing? <clears throat> I used to. I used to sing in my 20s. Nice. I used to be a singer. Wow, yeah. great. Yeah, but I don't Ooh. class myself as a, a singer at all. Ballet or jazz? Jazz. Wiggles or high five? 
I played Henry the Octopus for the Wiggles. So <laughs> I'd have to say the Wiggles. Whoa. What a bombshell. How did whoa. How long did you do that? 1999 for six months. I did like many different regional tours. Um, I was Henry the Octopus, which needed to be like a tall girl, very limmy. Right. And so like not a dude. Very effeminate octopus. Very feminine. Wow. Octopus. Okay. Yeah. Was why why did they want Henry to be effeminate? If you look at the way that um, octopuses move, it is quite feminine. Right. I don't know. It's just like undulating and limmy. Yeah. You know. So wow. I I did that. Wow. Okay. I have a bit. <laughs> I need to know more about. That's this. like the only thing that impresses anyone about <laughs> anything I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> was it really hot in there? Yes. But I played Wags the dog for one. We did one show in Townsville uh-huh. and Townsville, like yeah, subtropical, yeah. <laughs> humid. The air was soup. And then yeah. um, and it was a really hot day and we actually did a, a show on the beach. This was like back in 19, wow. 1999. I covered for Wags the dog for that one show and I literally had to run on sand from like this little sweaty tent where you had to get changed. And Wags the dog was like fur, heavy, brown you know so just absorbing all the sunlight yeah that was like really sweaty henry's nothing compared to that right did you like hang out with the wiggles so we had like a regional show Mm -hmm. so the wiggles weren't with us yeah we just like were dispatched to like different towns and stuff but then we did some shows with the wiggles as well that is (laughs) super interesting and random do you want to be famous no 100% 100% no maybe like a cult fault no not even that a cult not these days not with the internet and yeah no big show or intimate informal showing intimate informal showing mm-hmm. yeah or nah yeah yeah start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your history well my parents are Uruguayan we'll go back to the beginning beginning my parents are Uruguayan. They came here in the 70s. Uruguay was in a military dictatorship at that time. They were both factory workers working around the clock. Um, I won't tell you what year, but then I was born. And um, we, yeah, so we just like working class family, lived in the southwestern suburbs of Sydney. I loved my childhood. We lived in an apartment, you know, five people in an apartment, but I loved it. I think I was five, five or six. Mum asked me like, do you want to stay home and watch TV or do you want to go to dance class? Because my sister was doing ballet classes and I said, oh, I, you know, I just want to stay home and watch TV. And she made me go anyway. So then I started doing ballet classes. I was incredibly shy, very, very shy. Um, And I felt very different to everyone in the class too because everyone like had blonde hair. (laughs) I I just remember feeling very like, I was like one of the only brunettes in there. Did a lot of dancing and I think it was like around 13, 13 or 12. I grew a lot more confident in my dancing. I think my teacher noticed, so she let me do solos, which was a big thing. I don't know if it was big when you were growing up, but yeah. And uh, I think she gave me one year like the encouragement or like like most improved award. And I think that did like huge things for my confidence. So then I began to sort of like blossom more in my dance. I moved studios to Glendieen. Oh, Um, yeah. In, she had a like community hall in Heckenberg when I joined her. And then after school, yeah, I worked in like various entertainment jobs. I really wanted to be in a musical. I, I did like full time at Brent Street. And after I'd finished that, like I had some moderate success, you could say. Like I had, I, I got into shows, 
um, I got into Hair, the Arena Spectacular, which was like really big at yeah. that time because it was going to be the first of that kind of thing, an yeah. Arena Spectacular with John Stevens and Christine Anu, and it was going to be like directed by a guy called Richard Werrett who was a mm-hmm. popular director back then. Unfortunately, uh, he died of AIDS and the producers pulled out and so that was going to be my big break and it didn't happen, right. you know, so I was like so a little bit dejected because that was going to be like a springboard for me just to even just get confident you know so um I think after that I sort of like still dance but not a lot I wasn't I didn't really like the commercial scene I guess like I didn't feel what I was doing was me there was a lot it seemed to be a lot more sort of modeling slash dancing work and um for me personally I just didn't think it was something that I got off on and then I turned more to singing and I was like in cabaret group from New Zealand and we went to New Zealand we did shows then I went to uni fell in love with the old buildings at Sydney University I was doing psychology Uh, (laughs) and then and then I had to travel once I saw that I was I got to go to Europe yeah it sort of wasn't until like the late my late 20s that I discovered actually locking was the first class that I did locking yeah. yeah I went and I um observed like went to a studio I think it was and yeah and then I just started doing that training with Mel Hitchcock um, she was a B-girl so then I started like doing break dancing and I took it serious for like about three to four months I was getting arm muscles and everything and then I started going to dance call which was like at the street dance studio in Sydney and I saw a house class Siyoshi who's a, a Japanese dancer who was living in Sydney at that time he's still here um, he was teaching house and I just remember seeing it and I was like what is that <laughs> what is that because I saw the footwork and I thought because I'd done tap before, I was like, oh, no, it's not similar, but it's just like, it's just like, that's tap, that's, that's, yeah, that's footwork. So maybe I should, but the music and I don't know, there's just something like, I just fell in love with it. So I started going to those classes. I actually met Rod at those classes and someone at the studio, I remember I went to do a breaking class and I saw this guy and he was doing this, he was doing loose legs. And I was like, wow like I was I I was just like wow (laughs) where did you learn that and he said there's a guy from Korea on the street who teaches at an entertainment center which is back then it was a bit different um on the street and I was like oh my god so this elusive guy he was teaching house on the street not for money or anything like that but just because people were down there training and he was like you know was Leo Leo Ickley who's I always call him like the first person who really inspired me with house dance and and a lot of dancing actually whacking popping everything because he 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 really does like a few different styles. You know, there was like a few of us who became obsessed with house. Yeah. You know, Rod was one of them. Me. There were a few other people there as well, and we would just like go to the classes and we'd go to the street and the entertainment center. Mm-hmm. You know, and we just like right. Let's just practice. Let's just you know, and we'd yeah. be practicing, and um and then. About a year into learning with Leo, I went to him and said, how do I get into this more? You know, like, well, what do I do? Because I used to watch Leo freestyle and was like, wow. As you know, like coming from that background, yeah. freestyle isn't the center point of what we do. And he just said, go to New York. He said, go to New York, learn with Brian Green, learn with Ejo, learn with Marge, go to the clubs, um, you know, learn with Elite Force, Dance, Dance Fusion. And that was it. I um, had a production company at the time. I was producing some cabaret shows with two business partners and I was studying environmental science plus taking, trying to take as many dance classes as I could. I ended up just taking a loan and thought, that's it, I'm going to New York. So, you know, it was a big sacrifice. You know, I was super, super duper awakened. You could say it was kind of like a spiritual awakening. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you feel like you, you feel like you came home the first yeah. time I walked into the club. Since in Soulgasm, which was Ejo's um, night on Wednesday night, walking in and the music and the dancers, like there were dancers, it was like crazy. And I just remember thinking, I, I was at once intimidated because everyone was so good, yeah. you know, and they were just so free and confident. But more than that, I was just so like, wow. And I just stood on the wall and, the, you know, the music was amazing. Two or three songs in, somebody just grabbed me because they could, you, could, you couldn't help but move, you know, and you, you were seeing like OGs with everyone else. Big reasons I went was Brian Green. If you can ever do his class, he's he's such an incredible dancer and teacher. Turned up at this class at Broadway Dance Centre, which was his house class. I think they had, I forget what limit they had there, but they had, it was in the big room. And anyway, I missed out. I, I totally missed out. So I just sat at the window and was watching his class and it was so incredible. But I also was like, I also like shed a tear or two. I was quite frustrated because <laughs> I just thought, oh my God, I just crossed the Pacific and I just wanted, obviously I did heaps of classes with him after that. But I, again, watching his class, watching the dancers, I was like, wow, it just like, it woke me up. And I had so many of those moments in New York for that first trip in 2008, where you were just like happiness and awakening and just so amazing. I felt like that when I first walked into Crossover, actually. Like it was on one of those nights where it's just buzzing in there. I remember it was just like a particularly busy day there and like all the poppers had their shirts off. Those moments That energy, so right? Cool. That energy. Yeah. Mm, that so energy. many people actually like will tell a story of like that's how they got into the dance style they're in now is that they were like outside the door of the classroom. Yeah. But that makes me really inspired. Makes Full me want to go to New York, hey. That's so cool. Yeah. You will, I'm sure you will go. Yeah. You 100% will go. I don't know. Do you think about that much? Because you're often like, I guess you're like on your own. Yeah. All the time. Totally. Totally on my own. I'd done solo traveling before that and I already had this, I, I liked solo traveling Yeah. because you never know what's going to happen to you. I think when you try, it's good to travel with a friend, with a partner and to do it on your own as well. Yeah. So when you go on your own, there is a sense of, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know what's going to happen to me. I don't know what encounter I'm going to have. Yeah. But you know something's going to happen and that's yeah. exciting. It's like that West Side Story song, right? Wow. It's, it's just something in the air. And New York is – you def, exactly. I, I had that feeling of like there's something in the air all yeah. the time. Even when, things, yeah. even when things were like shit, it was still – there was still some kind of magic. I guess you, you have a pretty unique perspective because you're still training – after quite a long time, I guess, like you're still working for it and you love it and it's like yeah, integrated into your lifestyle and I don't know if a lot of people because, achieve that, you know. Well, because I think it is a lifestyle, you know. Mm. I think it, I think it is a bit of a lifestyle and it, it is hard when you're trying to hold, you know, when you work full time. Um, obviously, some people in our community have, you know, got married, they've had a baby you know, but I can see that they've still made it part of their lives. And it just depends like what your goals are. You know, obviously there might be times in your life where you can focus on it exclusively or you can dedicate more hours to it. Then there are other times where it has to take a bit of a backseat because you're focusing on something else. I think for me, it's always, it's, it's always been there. When I lived in New York, you know, I had I had like, I had two partners, not at the same time, but I had two, two partners. So even though like, you know, sometimes I was like, oh, I want to go to every club night. I want to go to every class. You know, it's just like, it wasn't possible. Those struggles are here as well. Yeah. And I think um, 
some of the people that I really looked up to and I still look up to in New York, it was just part of their life. And I think that's the probably one of the biggest lessons for me when I was in I got to New York because I think ever since I was young I had this this idea that there's a time limit on dance, mm. you know that oh you know oh, when I'm I'm pretty sure that the the age eighteen I was thinking well you know like I'll I'll dance for a year and then then I'll get serious about my life and get a degree and do this and do that, but when I found street dance you know and club dance it's just like. It was a culture. It wasn't just like, yes, it was a skill you'd learned, you trained, but it was for me, it was especially in New York, much more of a culture in, in terms of you could be a part of it and it didn't have to be like the center of your life or the your life's goal yeah. to be amazing. But and so and uh, most of the people over there, you know, especially like the older heads, they, you know, obviously they had families, they had you know, jobs that they held down, you know, like Archie. Archie was like working forever, but he he was there like, you know, but that was his that was his life, you know. That yeah. was him. That was him just like living. And I think I think when you look at it in that context, it's like dance is living. Like it's living, you know. It's not yeah. for I think for a lot of us it's not just something we do to like, you know, okay, tick, got some exercise done. You know, no, like we enjoy it. We love it. We get together and we do it because we love it. We go out to a club because we love it, you know. Yeah. I don't see, you know, going to ICC and like having fun for two hours dancing. I don't see that as a chore. I don't see, I, you know, it's something that I look forward to. But I think but I think for a long time I struggled as well because I was like, oh, no, but I should be all my friends around me like getting married, they're having babies, they're, you know, they've got careers, this, that. You know, that's it's all, it's hard to live in a society and maybe it's just the way life is where people are like, okay, this is the trajectory, this is, this should be the trajectory for you. And I grew up thinking, yeah, of course, like, I'm, of course I'm going to, not even going to question that. Yeah. I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to have, a, I'm, you know, I'm going to meet someone. I'm going to have a partner. It's, you know, <laughs> it's just like, it doesn't, once something like this enters your life, especially if you're doing it at a later stage and you're really passionate about it. I still like struggled and went, well, should I really go to New York or should I just finish my degree and like get a proper job and yeah. do that? But then I was just, I personally, I was, no, nah, I'm too passionate about this. I, I don't care. I'm going, I'm getting a loan and I'm going. And then when I got back, I was like, I have to go live there. You know, I, I'd met someone by that stage too that I wanted to go back for, but they're easy decisions when you just go with your feeling, but then, mm. but you, you have that looming over your head. Like, what are you doing? You know, like, yeah. Start saving money and like buy an apartment, yeah. like be an adult. Mm. It's not easy to like carve out your own and then somehow hope that you're going to get everything you still wanted, you know. But I think sometimes you just have to like, you know, and each to their own too. Some people know I have to do this. I have to live this adventurous life or I have to go and do this thing, you know. There's nothing wrong with either, but we're growing up thinking yeah. you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. You can't look back and say, well, I wish I'd done this, I wish I'd done that. If I'd stayed here, finished my degree, become an environmental consultant, whatever, I, you know, I might have met someone, might have had a family, might have had a job I really liked, you know. But at that time in my life, it was like, oh, but I love, I love this. Like I said, it was like a connect, yeah. a connect you know, it doesn't even matter if I'm a good dancer. It just doesn't even yeah. come into it. I just want to do this and I want to be there. And then when I went, I followed that path and, you know, I met for sure, like, the love of my life and so so many good things happened so many good things happened you know it just didn't matter how it turned out cool. you don't regret yeah. what brought so much happiness I guess yeah but definitely especially women we have um we feel those pressures to think about certain things yeah 
Do you feel those pressures now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, again, you just have to be, you just have to be strong. It can be like character building and strength building, you know. But as women, we have biological clocks and we have to think about, uh, and I hate that. I hate that that it's like that because it does. But look, in my late 20s, early 30s, I had the same thoughts. The feeling that I had for, for, for dancing, for house dance, for, for wanting to go to New York. Like I just, it was obviously more powerful. Yeah. That that's what I went with and that's what I did. It was the time of my life. I don't regret it, you know. And just, it just even dance as well. Like it can be a part of your life forever. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, that's a that's a realization. There's I've, no there's no time limit. Like I know yeah. I know there's a professional world, there's like a commercial world where they you know, I don't know. Like how do you feel? Like do you feel like oh well there's a time limit on that sort of thing and like you're not even allowed to think of this as a long-term thing, but when it's yeah, part of when exactly it, when you're just doing it for the love of it or for you know, yeah. or because it's part of the culture of where you come from where you live, or like it's a beautiful thing to realize that you don't have to give this up. You for some reason you just you just think you have to quit. That's like the I way that you're too. raised into it, especially in the like professional um, whatever that world. Realm. And I always just thought, well, I'm either going to have to dance my whole life and become a dance teacher, or I'm going to have to quit it and pursue something else. And so it's the same as the street style scene that has completely flipped my vision on this, and it's um. It's such a shame that people don't realise you don't have to quit. Yeah. And, and look, even if it, it, that could be said of any dance style as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you love salsa, you love capoeira, you love, you know, whatever it is that, that you love. I'm One of my really good friends, she's a flamenco dancer and she's she's a mother and she's, you know, she's a social worker. and But she takes her flamenco seriously. Like that's, yeah. you know. So I think it is possible. It is possible. There are... There, there are some sacrifices that might need to be made, but, you know, yeah, it's it's just so. For me personally, I loved when I didn't have to see dance as like this thing that I had to be great at in order to get jobs. I mean, that finished very early in my yeah. early 20s. Yeah. But it's just like it just opened up a whole new world. And and I think yeah. it, it was like that was so much more me than, than yeah. whatever the other world was that I just never felt that I fit in anyway. But, yeah, that's mm. the pressure was off and just full enjoyment. Yeah. And funnily enough, like you, you almost take it way more seriously. When people ask me what I do, it's just like, well, I dance and I do this. And they're always confused. Like, well, what do you mean? Like, do, where do you perform shows? You know, it's just like, no, like I dance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so whether you're good or not, like it doesn't matter. It's just like this is what I do. This is my serious hobby. Yeah. Even calling it a serious hobby is a bit of a demotion from yeah. what it really means because what we're talking about before, like this, yeah. is, this is a way of life. Like this is... Yeah, totally. I'm never stopping this, like as long yeah. as it makes me happy. Cool. And nobody has to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess the only the pressure I feel is within myself mm. that like there's going to – and I guess every single body is different, but yeah. I suppose imagining that there's like an athletic peak of my um, physique and whether that's going to deteriorate mm. at a certain age and what is that for me because like I'm already like I have really – bad pain everywhere Mm. Um, yeah but I think that's from years of doing a style that isn't really good for anyone's body I feel a pressure to get as good as I can to be able to battle or you go down yeah yeah but how does your body feel 
like oh yeah look in the la- in the last few years for sure I felt like I-, I would say that in the last few years I've pretty much backed off doing anything too crazy like I'm not gonna you know like I want to push myself but I don't want to do it in in a way that it's going to injure my injure myself and, and then affect me for the for the rest of my life like yeah. no I love dancing too much and I'm just you know if I'm not going to be the best or if I'm not going to nail that move. It's like, that's fine. I'm just going to be careful because I've got time, you know, because I'm not doing this for that. I'm doing this just because I enjoy it and I need my body to enjoy it. But for sure, like, and I try not to tell myself anyway. Like a lot of people can't guess how old I am because I think for a long time I didn't, I really just shied away from saying, well, you're too old to be doing this. Like you shouldn't be doing this now or yeah, like once you reach that age, like you should probably like back off a bit or I just don't really tell myself that. And I never, yeah. and I never did from when I started this, I just never did. And again, because of the people that I was with in New York and the people that I looked up to and that were in the clubs dancing, like you, there is no limit, Yeah, you know? And yeah, if like, if your body's telling you like, okay, don't go as crazy or maybe you just don't have that passion that you did when you first started where you were like, oh, it's just four hours a day. I really want, you know, you know, like you go through waves. Sometimes you're like ultra inspired and then other times you fall yeah. and you're, you're not, nothing's really inspiring you. Maybe the music you're hearing, you know, sometimes it can be something as simple as a song that brings you completely back to life. But I think the point is just enjoy it and go with the flow of yeah. your life and, and where you're going. And yeah, if your body's telling you, like de- definitely I've got some injuries now that I've got to be careful but I definitely don't have as much energy as I did when I was younger. Yeah. You have, le- I, I personally have less energy. Mm-hmm. And, and I, sometimes I do go, oh, I wonder if that's just like age. Or maybe it's because I'm not doing it as much as I used to. Yeah. Or maybe it's my iron. Or maybe. Yeah. Do you wish there were more people like you around, like doing what you're doing? Yeah, yes and no. Yes and no. I, I mean, having spoken to like some dancers now who have always been part of the community but had a lot more time to dance and now say they've finished their degrees and they're entering full-time jobs they're starting to realize that it's oh okay like this is going to be a balancing act now because I still want to dance but I might not be able to dance as much and now when I get home I'm going to be pretty tired so I have to sort of pick and choose when I do it and you know I, I was doing that from the very beginning in fact I get envious sometimes of these like younger students or people who just pretty much have made dance their life in that all they're doing right now is dancing or teaching or, and they're able to dedicate that time. But then I think you just have to go, well, you know, I'm different to them and it's fine. You know, this is my journey. That's their journey. Comparison is a thief of joy, Mm. (laughs) you know, otherwise if we compare ourselves to, you know, we're like, Oh my God, that, you know, everyone's like training, everyone's getting better. And I'm like, not and Oh my God. And you whip yourself. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh, well, hang on. You know, these people just, have a lot of time maybe they don't have families in Sydney you do have a family like that's still part of your life and yeah I haven't had someone who's a Vogue dance I don't I know nothing about Vogue can you shed some light on it for me Vogue came from a hugely oppressed minority Mm. African-American Latino um gay man trans so um it is super duper tied to their identity and it's just another one of those styles that at some point kind of blew up around the world and then people were commercializing on it and everybody wanted like to dip their toe in it and, you know, for whatever their reasons were. Um, and it's very, it's a very protected culture. I'm happy about that 
there is a part of like obviously there's a part of me that's just like oh share you know but there's there's also a part of me that um like definitely is like yeah like it should be protected um i'm not deep into that culture um i was very inspired and you know when i was in new york by benny ninja and he was sort of it wasn't anything i took very seriously it was just something that i would turn up to, i would turn up to his classes and at some point the penny dropped with me and he said oh you're now getting the essence he looked in he and he told me after class he said like you don't have to pay anymore like i've got you now you're my daughter wow. yeah so he called me his daughter and i think that was his way of saying like i'm going to induct you into the house of ninja at, you know at some point because I still needed a lot more work and he, then he had a train accident not long after and he he was MIA we didn't see him he's alive but we didn't he never taught again Whoa. never traveled and it was a huge loss to the yeah huge huge loss because he was an incredible like yeah he was an incredible teacher incredible person a beautiful dancer too I loved watching him Vogue he's like my 100% anyone who's ever learned Vogue with me, like he's 100% my um, my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so <clears> – <throat> but I'm not – I was – there were probably people before me. I just don't know who. But I'm – I was the first person I think to come to Australia that had Vogue, like that new Vogue, the Vogue that I did, which is basically like I guess new way mm-hmm. type Vogue. I'd done some femme but – um and so and this this was always the hard thing about coming back to sydney is that like people would be like oh can you teach can you teach can you teach and it's weird when you come from there and you're a small fish and you Mm -hmm. just want to learn 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 and you see people who are amazing and you're close to the culture you're close to the ogs and then you come here and people are like oh can you teach you know and you're like oh but i still feel like i'm a beginner or i i I don't i don't know that i should be teaching because i'm not you know but you still you're the only person yeah, who, and then who they know you suddenly have like almost a responsibility to share it the correct way. Yeah, yeah, well. exactly. So I was always in two minds about teaching because I was like, oh, and like I don't really want to because I don't. Yeah. I feel that I have so much work to do, you know, yeah. with many different styles, not just mm. you know, because that was same for whacking. Um, I think Nai and I did like a couple light fit classes, a few light fit classes, but even we felt like, oh, but we have so much to learn still. So it's this weird position of like, uh, you know, but I've I've always felt very supported by my teachers like in New York in in terms of like, you know, even Tyrone Proctor said to me like when I met him in 2008, he says like, you know, you're going to take this back to Australia. You're going to take this back to Australia, you know. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay. It was like it's a big responsibility, you know, because you don't, you don't, you're watching these people and you're like, I'm nowhere near their level how should I be the teacher? Yeah. But you have basics, you have some knowledge. And so yeah. you pass that on. Um, mm. But, you know, with Vogue and things like that, it's, yeah, like it's, um, yeah, I've always been in like two minds about it because I'm not deep into the culture. Um, and I also don't think I'm that great. But I'm comparing myself to, yeah. you know, whereas at that time there really wasn't anyone here teaching. I think Benji, I think, she might have still been in New York, I'm not sure. But, you know, Benji was in New York before me, I think, and definitely learning Vogue before me. But I don't know whether she was in Sydney teaching her. But anyway, 
I think when I'd come back in 2012, I was, you know, I came back for like a, a short while. Um, and that was the time that they were saying, oh, can you teach us Vogue? Can you teach us Vogue? I was like, ah, I don't feel like I should. But at the yeah. same time, yeah. So, yeah, so I've, I've, I've taught and I still don't think, I, and I do like, we'll give some like street dance courses in House and Vogue. Um, and I never really want to do it. I only ever teach the basics, but anytime I put that call out to like, well, what is it that people want to learn? It's Vogue. I get a lot of people wanting to right. learn Vogue, yeah. you know, and, you know, really like Jake should be teaching. Jake does teach Tuesday yeah. nights. Yes, his um, class is so he's, hard. Yeah, oh he's, and he's, he's incredible with his hands and he's just mm -hmm. like, yeah, he's incredible. So... You know, I, I can teach the basics, but I don't want to say that I can go really beyond. And and I'm not practicing Vogue all the time. I'm I'm putting much more of a focus these days on, you know, house, and I'm trying to learn capoeira as well. And I turn up to popping classes every week. Yeah. You know, and I still try to dabble in whacking now and again. And yeah, so it's hard when when I've got like a few different things that I'm doing. I'm not yeah. exclusively focusing on this. Is that so? There's new way, old way. Fam, is there something else? Is that like new way? Um, old, so old yeah. way, new way, invoke fam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they're three like different fast. Like, should every Vogue dancer know all three of those things, or they're separate? They're separate styles. Yeah, yeah they're, they're they're separate styles. Um, within you know the Vogue. Um, and then with fam, you have dramatics and you have soft and C as well. So it's, yeah, um, look, if you really want to be great at these styles, with, like with any dance style, whether it's African ballet, um, you know, tap, popping, like you got to put in like 10 years. Yeah, right. If you want to be really yeah. good, you know, like you've got to put in a lot of time, especially when a freestyle, we're talking freestyle now, yeah. takes time to like for your, your body to soak up the moves. And then for them to come out organically when yeah. you hear the beat or when you hear the, yeah. you know, so it's just like, you know, which is why like it's taken me a long time to get good at anything. I still don't think I'm where I, where I should be or whatever, but that's because again, like it comes down to practice. It comes down to, yeah. you know, but um, yeah, I think if you want to be good at any style, you got to put in the work and focus just on that style. If 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 you want to be good, if you want to be really really good, so yeah, we've got people in Sydney who are amazing. A Vogue fam, you know, House of Slayer, Carly. Um, there's House of Silky there as well. You know, there are there are a lot of great Vogue fam dancers. You know, and then of course, like you, you think about New York, you've got Laomi, um, Amari. You've got incredible Vogue famers, and then you've got Javier Ninja, or like, you know, you've got the New Wayers. And then the old way. So everybody, yeah, you do have like one style. I, I think that if you go to New York and you ask a Vogue dancer like, oh, can you do me some hands or some new way? And But maybe their Vogue femme, like that's their thing. But they'll probably be able to pop it out, Yeah, yeah. you know, because when you're in that environment and this goes for like when I was in New York and I was in the house clubs, you know, like I saw some OG house dancers who would like bust out a bit of Vogue yeah. Femme or they would like bust out some popping. And it's simply because when you're around it, like you may not. I think in those situations you learn a lot by watching. Mm. You might be watching someone for a whole year before you start to like yeah. 
all of a sudden you start to like do those moves or those poses or like that's how it works. It just starts to, it starts to infect you. And then like, you know, even before I was taking Jack's popping classes, like I was like just around, I was around that. So I was able just to pull out like a few boogaloo moves. I wasn't a, I wasn't a popper, but it's like you're able to pull out, you know, which is, which is the nice thing too, because you do learn just by like watching Mm. a lot. Maybe this is the last thing I'll ask you and it's probably just more personally for me because I'm really interested in house at the moment and I dream of getting better at it. And I guess maybe you could do like the same thing for house as you just did for Vogue, like explain a little bit about like the background and the history because I haven't I haven't had a house dancer on here either. Oh, really? So with house, um, I don't want to say I'm the the expert on the history of it. I would definitely point you towards people like Lewis Key, um, Monsell Durden. So the Monsell Durden, not not as someone who was like a house OG or anything like that. He's a house dancer for sure, but he knows a lot about the history, and he would be more correct because he this is his life's work. So I don't want to say anything wrong. I think a lot of people are scared about saying something wrong, but yeah. that's that's way better than people who are like, oh, no, I know what it is, yeah. you know. Obviously, house music came from Chicago. The interesting thing about house and house dance is that um, I remember before I went to New York in 2008, Link, Henry Link from Elite Force Crew came to Sydney and he gave us some hip hop classes and party dance classes and a house class. House class was the first thing he gave us. And his whole his whole class it was kind of based on this one premise and that was that house dance came from hip hop. Now house dancers we know it today because it was when the hip hop dancers who went to the house clubs and started doing hip hop steps to house music. So house clubs were before before preceded this. And there was house dancing and it looked nothing like what we see today. Mm. What's been, what's known today as house dance um, are actually hip hop moves or hip hop steps and other things as well. It's been influenced by a lot of other stuff put to house music. His whole class, he then went to show us like all these different house foundation steps and which hip hop move it came from. And he'd say, okay, now do this hip hop move, do it to a hip hop track, now do it to a house track. And then you, oh, yeah, I see it. I see the link. So that was like pretty mind-blowing. And then, you know, went to New York and um, and actually when, yeah, when I spoke to uh, Monsell, who I've learned a lot from, he's adamant. He's like, that's not house dance. The house dance as you know it is not the original house dance. These are just hip-hop steps put to house music. Right. So what and is when the I do go, you got to watch people like Bravo. Um, you got to watch the old house heads. And I can't, I can't put to words. I mean, there was lofting, but lofting is just a part of house as well. Um, but it's not something. Yeah, it's not something. I can only really speak for the 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 foundations that I learnt, which apparently are the ones that came from mm-hmm. hip hop. So um, yeah, that that's probably the. The first thing when I do give my courses yeah. um, on the street, I talk about that. Yeah. What you do with that information, I don't know. But just know mm. that these steps came from hip-hop dancers who went to the house club. Yeah. 
Um, of course, there was a lot, it's an evolution. So there were a lot of things that came in that influenced it and, and this, that. But um, yeah. What's the first thing you would teach to a beginner? Like jacking? Jacking the is fundamental. Like there's there's the jack that people get taught in the house. Oh, sorry, in in house classes. But that's not the only way to groove. So when I think about jacking, I just think about groove. Yeah. And that is one groove that you put on top of your, on yeah. top of some of your moves. You can't put that that group to every because you do see people go for gold and like try to put the jacking step like, yeah. and they just look like washboards, you know, because yeah. it's just like. I'm looking at you dancing. It doesn't look comfortable, you know. Yeah. And when you're not comfortable, when you don't feel comfortable, like I don't feel comfortable. Not that it's about me, but mm-hmm. you know, um, I I notice that yeah, some people just try to throw the jack on everything, throw the jack on everything. It's just like no, like sometimes, you know, again, because when you think about it, it's a club co- club social dance context. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you do when you go to a club? You don't like jump out there and just yeah. like, oh, okay, and like now I'm going to like say, okay, now I'm going to do farmer. You know, yeah. it's not, no, <laughs> the first thing you do is just like you start grooving. So everything, in a way, everything should come from the groove, right? It's no different with house. Yes, we have footwork. Mm. Uh, yes, like it's, especially if you haven't done footwork before, like you have to, you have to learn it mm. 100%. But, um, but yeah, um, the groove would be the first thing that I would say to people just get comfortable grooving to house music in the way that you would groove Mm. yes we'll show you the jack we'll show you you can jack this way you can jack that way Mm. um but explore yourself as well on how you feel comfortable because on top of that when you start doing your footwork you've still got to find the groove in that and that's not that's not easy to do because now we're talking polyrhythms as well which you know which brian green is the master of watching him like (laughs) do like Five in, he does five things with his body following a different, you know, line to the music. It's like watching a a jazz musician, you know, but Mm, yeah, yeah, but there, you know, there are so many beautiful house dancers to watch and, um, and they all do incredible things and they're their own, they bring their own unique thing to it. But yeah, I, I would always just like first focus on the groove and then, then we'll move to obviously to the footwork. I actually have one more question for you. When you judge a battle, what are you looking for? So battles are weird because sometimes the the better dancer doesn't win. Like you might you I might see two people and it's just like okay I I love the way this person dances because it's I love the way they use their grooves this or that whatever. The other person might not have it as naturally as that person, mm-hmm. but they hit the beats. They they just you just they just had that moment where they got it. Yeah, but like they were just on it. Yeah. You know, in which case, like in a battle situation, you sort of tend to go with this person. Right. But for whoever is entering battles, just know that like don't, um, yeah, never. I think most people are pretty good in Sydney. Like nobody takes it to heart. They just sort of like will ask the judge yeah. like what could I have done better? Then they go away. Then they, you know, they'll, they'll work on it. They'll come back and they just keep yeah. plugging on. But, yeah, um, I don't think I look for anything specifically. I mean the kinds of things anyone's going to look for, musicality. Personally, I love to see someone like super duper feel the music, Mm, you know, which comes down a lot to groove. This is something I've been thinking about because I feel like when I go to watch a a battle, it seems like everyone knows all the songs that are being played and I don't know (laughs) any of them. Yeah, but once once you've been doing something for long enough and training in it long enough, especially with like say whacking, um, if if you like want to groom yourself to 
be like going to the whacking battles, you know. Like, I mean, you have to practice the disco music. Yeah. And there is, because what whacking is like specifically supposed to be a representation of the, of the song, mm. you know? Yeah. So most people who, you know, learn whacking and who've learned from Lockeroo, Tyrone especially, because Tyrone was, you know, from the first lesson I ever had with him, it was always about the musicality. Mm. So listen to the strings. Okay, now whack to the strings. And to be able to do that, because you don't, you're just going to like, if something loops, you know, hopefully by the end of it, because you've gotten good at just listening and freestyling, like you'll just pick it up. And I think most Mm. people do that. But then it's, you know, if you're going to be training for whacking, like you will be listening to disco music and you will get to know those different songs. Because I had the thought that like, you know, for the past year when I've been watching battles and I see someone who clearly knows the song and the other person doesn't, I'll be like, oh, Fair. that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, it's it's almost like they got lucky. Uh-huh. But then could you consider that an element of what's necessary in the training is to know the music or like to know as much music as you can, which is really hard. It is hard, but it, it just goes with the territory because if you're training a lot, you're going to be training to a certain kind of music. So, you know, whether it's hip hop or breakbeat, you know, for breaking or, or whacking disco music, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it's just going to happen organically. You're just going to know the song. Like yeah. if you're going to practice whacking to probably one of the hardest songs for whacking is the flight of the bumblebee, the disco version. Wow. <laughs> and I think, and I did spend like a couple of sessions where I would just listen to it. And go, okay, what move could I do to this? It was yeah. like non, non-stop rolling, you know. <laughs> you know, so people will train themselves. But I think it just happens organically because if you get into yeah. popping, you're just going to start, you know, popping to yeah. like the 80s funk. Yeah. And you, you, you are, you're just going to know it. And then you're just going to get good at mm-hmm. like being able to freestyle to the song. And obviously with yeah. House – it loops, things house loop. overwhelms me a little bit because there's so much house music. There's so much house music, yeah, 100% right. But I think with house, the way that – because of the, the way that the music is built, like it does loop. Yeah. So, you know, if you want to get good at musicality – and, you know, I have to train myself. I tend not to focus on that. I should. But, um, you know, you just pick a line in the song, whatever it is. If you just want to go simple first, just to the, to the kick – and just, you know, do your steps to the kick, <laughs> you'll put a body part in, whatever. Then there's the hi-hat, dance to the hi-hat, make the hi-hat your one. Now there's like this in the melody. You know, yeah. Brian Green used to train us like that and that he'd say, right, yeah. okay, let's get in a circle. And now when you go in, I want you to dance to this line of the song yeah. or dance to a line in the song. He'd make you pick it out and then you have to dance to it. Yeah. So, and once you get good enough at doing that mm. even just with house the minute yeah. you start to tackle another style like you're going to transfer those skills over and it's just yeah. it's a skill that people build yeah it's such an awesome skill it is it's amazing my favorite right? to watch dancers who do that well it yeah. is amazing yeah but yeah the more you practice the more mm. people are going to know the song cool they'll know some some bits coming up and then they'll do something like you see jack wardana who's very good at that yeah yeah. And Keanu as well. And they, those guys really know their music. Yeah. Damn, I'm very inspired right now. I'm keen. Keen to dance. Um, well, I think we've probably talked for long enough. Long time. Yeah. So thanks for coming, Jackie. 
Thanks for having me. Yeah. You got any <laughs> final words you want to say? To, to the dancers? Yeah. Out there? Um, Nao, he was a, I don't know if you've heard of Nao, but he was a, a beautiful Japanese hip hop dancer, one of the pillars of the street dance community who died a couple of years ago. He died quite young. What did he, he always used to say something, just keep dancing, keep enjoying, keep dancing. Yeah. Very simple, very powerful words. Just, and what I was getting back to what we were saying before, you know, but they're now as words. Um, keep dancing, keep enjoying and, and be yourself. Whatever style you're interested in, like learn foundations, seek out the, the people who've learned from the best in Sydney. When the OGs come, get to their class and make the most of it because these people aren't going to be around forever. And we are so lucky that there are many OGs. It's hard now with COVID. Like this yeah. is a, a living, breathing culture and that yeah. we can that we can be lucky enough to learn from some of these people. If you love it enough, go to the place. It's hard. It's not always easy to do. It's a huge sacrifice if you don't have a lot of money especially. But it's, you know, if you love it, I think you're just going to do that anyway. I think your passion will just get you like a wave yeah. and bring you to the shores of, of whatever it is that you love. Damn, I'm inspired. I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go to New York. And London and Ferris. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Thanks, Jackie. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for having me.